The Chris Hahn Show. Good evening, America, and welcome. This is The Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air, and truthfully, tonight, America, I have been asking for somebody in Congress to grow a pair for, I don't know, 19 months? How long has this maniac been in the Oval Office? I don't know, 19, 20 months? I don't know, Mike, you tell me. It's been a while, right? It's been in office a while. Mike's got a friend in there today. Um, I got a little trainee. Trainee, Mike's trainee. Our guy, Mike, who, you know... If there's a bachelor party or, uh, you know, somebody opening up a bottle of wine somewhere takes the night off, is the guy they have trained people here. When you're here the longest, you know what you're doing, bro. Yeah. Got those skills. You know that. <laughs> old, they call you old man Biddleman around here. Basically. Hey, what's old man Biddleman up to? Here, hey there, sonny. <laughs> so, by the way, I'm live tonight, 631-451-1039. It's September. Ready to rock, America? Are you ready to rock? We got guys writing anonymous letters from inside the White House saying that the president is unhinged and people just take things off of his desk to make sure he doesn't destroy the world. 631-451-1039 is my number. Here's my take on that. That letter should have been sent to the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, signed with the guy's name, and copied to the president. And the last word should have been, and I hereby resign. Now, I'm all for knowing what's going on in the White House. I think, you know, the president's obsession with leaks and, you know, know, he's tweeting out treason and saying, this person must be turned over to the state. I mean, come on. Now, uh, Republicans who who thought that um, people having basic health care rights was too much government intervention. We have a president in the Oval Office saying that the press, you know, the free press, it's in the First Amendment of the Constitution, you might want to read it. Um, The free press should turn over one of their sources to the state immediately. It's a national security risk. The man said bad things about the president, said the president is mentally unstable. Turn him over. America, I'm all for knowing that. But I want that person to tell me who he is or she is and resign in protest. I mean, what are they worried about? Are they worried that Sean Hannity will go off on them on their radio show? Are they worried that Rush Limbaugh might say bad things? Are they worried that they might get, you know, uh, harassed on Twitter? by some of these alt-right lunatics that just support this president? Are they worried that Steve Bannon might throw an extra shirt on, go out and say bad things about him at a festival that he's been uninvited from? What are they worried about? I mean, none of these people are walking away from the White House and getting great jobs, which used to be the norm, right? You work for the president of the United States. You were at the top of your game. You got a great gig when you left. Great gig. That's not the norm anymore. In this White House, you walk out of that White House, nobody really wants to come too close to you. You know why? Probably because most of America, there are standards in employment. 
that it's very clear you're working in a place where those standards don't exist and you might be too much of a risk right now. 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451-1039. But the thing I want to know, America, why isn't our Congress looking into what's going on here? What was said in that op-ed in the New York Times that ran yesterday and drove everybody wild across the media was that several members of the cabinet have talked about invoking the 25th Amendment with this president. In fact, they didn't say several. They said all of the members of the cabinet at one time or another have talked about the 25th Amendment. Now, what is the 25th Amendment? The 25th Amendment sets out who succeeds the president in the case of, you know, a tragedy, the president dies or something like that. But there's also a, a, a section of the 25th Amendment that allows for the majority of the cabinet, together with the vice president, to remove a president against his will if he is unable, both mentally or physically, to fulfill the duties of the office. Now, America... I don't know if we're at that point, and frankly, if he challenges it, um, you, the uh, cabinet's decision needs to be upheld by a two-thirds vote of both the House and the Senate. That's never going to happen. Maybe, maybe never. Never say never. I don't know if he's mentally insufficient to be president of the United States. I know he was not prepared to be president of the United States. I mean, that's very clear to me. I know he wasn't prepared. I know the guy, uh, you know, I know that the president of the United States doesn't care much about real policy, doesn't care much about real issues, doesn't want to know the full story, wants to do everything by gut and by reaction. Now, that's great. If you're in the media, I've said this all the time, reaction's the only way to be, right? You can't sit there and read from a script. I'm not reading from a script right now. Mike, am I reading from a script? No script. I never have a script. I don't even have an outline tonight. I usually do an outline. I got Ellis Hennigan joining me later on. Uh, I'll plug my appearances later on. I usually have an outline, you know, A block, B block, I'm going to take calls. C block, I've got a guess. D block, I'll take calls. And then I got a bunch of audio clips if I want to play with them. I don't think I need that tonight, America. I think tonight we're going to talk about this president and we're going to talk about the sheep in Congress who are not fulfilling their job under Article 1 of the United States Constitution to provide a proper check on this man. And maybe we'll talk about Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh Kavanaugh confirmation hearings, which have been riotous, ruckus. uh, Name your word, your adjective, to describe these very entertaining hearings that I've been watching uh, for a guy going to the highest court in the land, he's way too young. I think he's 48 years old. Be there for the next 30 years. But it's gotten to me. I'm asking these questions about guys like Ben Sass, the senator from, uh, uh, I think he's from Nebraska. Bob Corker from Tennessee. Murkowski, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. Susan Collins from Maine. They have all have said that they are concerned about this president and his actions. And really, it only takes two of them to flip the control of the United States Senate and give the gavel to a man I used to work for, Chuck Schumer, so that the Democrats can put a proper check on this president. Because clearly, 
you know, Mitch McConnell has no interest in managing this president. Mitch McConnell has abdicated his responsibility under the Constitution. He has destroyed the Senate single-handedly, frankly, in my opinion. But there are four senators who whine about Trump day in and day out. Well, what are they doing about it? You know, they have the power to shake up the Senate. All they got to do is walk across the aisle and vote for Chuck Schumer as leader, majority leader. Caucus with the Democrats. You know, you could still vote for your stupid tax cuts. Beat me. I'm talking about my donkeys, that stupid ass I have in the field. I know my friend behind the boards from Yapeng. You've probably seen many stupid asses in your day, right? They've got lots of them out there. I'm allowed to talk that way. But I think Ben Sass has seen some stupid asses as well. I don't know if you guys believe in any of that. I hope you're not. You are? <laughs> Walk across the aisle. Stop just talking about how bad it is that Donald Trump is in our lives and stop laughing about it. Stop saying it's horrible. Stop trying to paint yourself as not part of that. You are part of the problem right now if you are not deciding to put a check on this man. You could still have Judge Kavanaugh if that's what you want. I mean, you want to keep selling your soul for one more judge. You want to sell your soul for another upper class tax cut that none of you who are listening to me right now are getting any real benefit from unless you're making over $300,000 a year. Is that what you want to do, Ben Sass? Bob Corker, you're retiring. Jeff Flake, you're retiring. The two of you should cross the aisle and start having hearings against this president right now. It only takes two. This is not something that requires 17 Republicans to defect. There are two guys who are retiring from the Senate who have been very vocal, very vocal opponents to this president. I mean, they've been as vocal as I have. They haven't been as animated or as entertaining as I have, but they have been vocally opposing this president. Bob Corker, I mean, the first month of the Trump presidency, you know, he went off on President Trump as saying, you know, the way he's conducting himself is un-American. All right, if you really believe that, Bob, you're retiring anyway. What are you worried, that Mitch McConnell won't take your phone calls anymore when you leave, if you, if you stop him from being leader? He's not going to be leader next year anyway. I got news for you. The wave is coming, and it's going to be bigger than people think. I, I kind of agree with my guest last week, which he said the Democrats are either going to lose it or they're going to win it all, and big. And I'm starting to think that the American people are tired of this nonsense. They've had enough. And they are going to put a check on this guy, and that check is going to extend to the United States Senate as well. Democrats have to win six of ten seats in competitive races this year. Some of them they hold. In fact, many of them they hold. They're going to take the House. They're probably going to take the Senate. And then this guy's not getting anything confirmed. So my advice to you, Bob Corker and Jeff Flake, is forget about Mitch McConnell. He's not going to be the leader anymore anyway. Forget about Mitch McConnell. Cross the aisle and do what's right for this country. You swore an oath to the Constitution and to the people of the United States not to be fanboys of Donald Trump, not to be Mitch McConnell's bud. 
You swore an oath to defend and uphold and protect the Constitution of the United States of America, and you are failing at that now. And it is time for you to man up, grow a pair, cross the aisle, and get on this guy. He is not doing what's right for this country. You might like his economic policies, whatever. Got lucky. But he is not doing what's right for this country. And if you believe what I am reading, if you believe what we are reading right now about this president, if you believe that every member of his cabinet have thought aloud that this president should be removed because he is mentally unstable. If you look at his tweets, calling this person a, calling for the, this person to be turned over, calling him a, saying he has committed treason for writing a letter, saying the president is unfit. I don't know how that's treason. If you really, really believe that, by the way, don't just call in here and yell at my phone screener. Call in, grow a pair yourself too. Callers, 631-451-1039 is the number. Had a couple people yell at you today. What's her name again, Mike? Tara? What? Dawn? Amanda. Amanda. Oh, that's Delta in my world. That's like a Delta. I was thinking Greek letters. Amanda. Let's do an A. You want to know what's funny? Um, uh, yeah, I'll get to that story later because I'm like on a worked up kind of rant right now, but... I was going to talk about Rosanna Arquette and Toto, the song Rosanna, but I've really been like, I have been binging on that song Africa the last couple of days. It's a pretty good song. I think I got to travel. I think that's part of it. I think that's what it is. I got to go somewhere. I think that's what it is. Anyway, 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, pick up the phone and give me a call. Don't yell at Amanda. She's only like, she's, she's getting a refresher training on board op tonight. Mike B is here. 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451-1039. Where am I going to be? I am going to be on Fox News Channel tomorrow night at 8 o'clock uh, debating Tucker Carlson, who's probably like, why is this person so evil committing treason to Donald Trump? That's probably what he said today. That's probably the opening statement last night. I can't believe it. And you know what? Look, I agree with the president. person is a coward. person's a coward. Put your name on it and resign. Send the letter to the House Judiciary Committee and demand a hearing into the fitness for office of this president. Don't send an anonymous letter to the New York Times. I'm glad we have it. I'm not saying it's like the worst thing in the world to be anonymous, but the better thing to do for America is for you to stand up, show us who you are, and resign. And if you really are a senior member of the Trump administration that everybody will know your name, that will actually go a long way to solving the problems in this country. So I, I, I implore you. So Friday night on Tucker, Saturday night, I'll be on what you need, Piro. What is she going to say? I, I think this person should get the chair. And she, by the way, listens to the show sometimes, but she knows I say these things. She's probably listening right now. I know she listens to my podcast. Hopefully Amanda hit play. <laughs> she did. I mean, record. Uh, what is she going to say? She's going to call him a treasonous weasel. And look, you're not wrong. The guy works for the president. I don't know that it's treason, but it's definitely not loyal. And if you're really going to be disloyal, if you really feel like this is such a bad thing, you've got to be disloyal, just resign. 
Resign in protest. Remember how people used to resign in protest in this country? They used to think that things were bad and they would resign in protest. I don't get that. I don't get this whole, you know, side. If I worked for somebody and I felt so bad about working for him that I was going to write an op-ed in the New York Times saying how bad he was and how unfit for office he was, I couldn't work for the guy anymore. And I know this person is painting themselves as some sort of superhero for democracy, you know, pulling papers off the president's desk and trying to steer him in the right direction. That's nonsense. But the question remains... The founders of this country anticipated a tyrannical president. They anticipated a president who would act like this. This was not something that Madison and Hamilton and John Jay did not think about when they were writing the Constitution of the United States of America in 1789. They thought of this. You know what they didn't think of? They didn't think of a bunch of spineless sheep in Congress who would refuse to have their ambition counteract the president's ambition, that would refuse to put a proper check on this president. That's what they didn't anticipate. Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, they are traitors to their country. If anybody's committing treason or dereliction of duty, it's those two men. You know, how is history going to judge them? How is history going to judge Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell? And by the way, Jeff Flake, Bob Corker, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, all who have said things very critical of this president. Well, get out there. Get out there and do something about it. It only takes two of you. There's four of you. Go join the other side now. Go. I mean, what are you afraid of? I mean, are you afraid of, is your career in the Senate that important to you? That you are willing to give up the Republic itself to hold that seat? I mean, I worked in the Senate. It's nice. Your offices are nice. People treat you nice. But I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Ms. Murkowski. You've been there at least 12 years now. Time, you know, you could go do something else retire. Maine's a nice place too. I mean, go back to Maine. What's wrong with Maine? Sorry, Susan Collins. I think I said Murkowski. You've been there 12 years. So what if you don't go back? And by the way, you probably get reelected. I mean, look, they Maine elects independents. You don't have to worry about the Trump base in Maine. Corker, you're done. You're retiring. What are you waiting for? You're the chair of the Foreign Relations Committee. You know how dangerous this man is. I mean, the man has spoken out against our alliances with NATO. He's picking fights with Canada. How are you, how are you not acting? How are you not engaged on this topic? How are you not demanding real hearings in Congress to find out what's going on in that White House. Now we have Bob Woodward's book, and, and, and let me be clear, America, Bob Woodward has a pretty good track record of knowing what's going on in the White House. Ever hear a thing called Watergate? All the President's Men? Go watch the movie. I think he was played by Robert Redford. Okay? Go watch the movie. 
He knew what was going. If you don't want to read the book, go watch the movie. He was right. Everybody doubted him for a while, but he was right. He was right. He knew what was going on. He's got a good track record. That book shows chaos in the White House. And, you know, all these guys who have left, Gary Cohen, I mean, Gary Cohen has enough money to do whatever he wants for the rest of his life. He doesn't need a, uh, he doesn't need a paycheck. Hey, hey, Gary Cohen, why don't you give a speech about what really went on there? And Congress, why don't you drag them in to tell you what went on there? I don't know. Well, maybe somebody will grow a pair and give me a call at the, at the other half of the hour. I am live all night tonight. I am taking your calls at 631-451-1039. 631-451-1039. You listen to The Chris Hahn Show. I'm live, and I'll be right back. You can't ignore the truth forever, so listen up. The Chris Hahn Show. All right, 631-451-1039 is my number. You want to be part of the national conversation, pick up the phone and give me a call. I'm live Thursday night. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. A little later on, I got Ellis Hennigan uh, joining me to talk about uh, all the madness that we are experiencing in Washington. Um, you know, I, I was uplifted by the McCain funeral. Uh, it really gave me hope that this moment will pass. And I, I know it will. I know that this Trump era will end. And I think it's going to end before 2020 America. I know, uh, I know I might be in the minority in that. Uh, I don't think he's going to get impeached. I think he's just going to go. I'm going, I'm going. You don't love me anyway. That's the way it's going to be, right? I, that was a really bad Trump. Uh, I'm going, I get it. I got golf courses. You sound like Louis Anderson. Right, right. <laughs> that was a Louis Anderson. I'm going. <laughs> I watched that show like a couple years ago where Louis Anderson went off the diving board. Did you ever see that, that show? It was Celebrity Dive Challenge. <laughs> it's pretty something, man. I was really worried about Louis Anderson. Anyway, I, I think that the man's going to leave at some point. I know this moment's going to pass. I am distressed that there are people out there that are still with him. I, I, I'm very distressed. I don't understand it. Uh, I, you know, I mean, there are these 401k Republicans, but if you look at the chaos, America, how long before that chaos impacts your pocketbook and the economy and, and the world? I mean, how soon before that chaos starts a war? Are you going to be with him when he's trying to wag the dog in October? Let, let, let me be clear, America. We've got a president who will do anything to stop the Democrats from taking power in Congress. And I will not put it past him sometime like around October 10th to wag a dog. Start a war to distract. That's why I keep asking these Republicans who, you know, often want to say bad things about him so that they could be, you know, on TV. They got the power right now to really grind this man to a halt. And they refuse to do it. They refuse to do anything about it. It is so unpatriotic. It is so against their oath. 
They know, and by the way, it's more than just the four I've been mentioning that know, or five I've been mentioning that know. There are many, many members of the Republican caucus in the United States Senate that are well aware of the president's shortcomings. In fact, I, I, I doubt there are many that don't believe the president is nothing but a hot mess. They might pretend uh, they might pretend that he's, he's all good, but they know he's a hot mess. But why are they doing nothing? Why are they just letting this go on? Anyway, 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. Don't forget, don't forget, tomorrow night I'll be on Fox News at uh, I'll be at 8 o'clock. I'll be talking about this, more than likely, uh, with Tucker, Tucker Carlson. I don't know what he's going to say. Well, do you think it's all right for somebody to give? I don't. I don't think it's all right to work for somebody and not be completely loyal to that person. I don't think that's all right at all. But I also don't think it's normal to have a president that behaves like this, that is so that lacks intellectual curiosity so much, that is so dangerous, that moves from one thing to the next and just goes on gut, doesn't even want to know what's going on, that will tweet things out like, turn this guy over to the government. Oh, but Obamacare, making you buy health insurance was so undemocratic. But, oh, you know, turn this guy over to the government. That's okay. I'm waiting for somebody to call me and tell me why that's okay. The president's saying, turn this guy over to the government. Okay. Uh, It's not okay. It's not okay. It is the language of tyranny. I I can't remember who said it, but uh, they once said that you know, when totalitarianism, totalitarianism comes to the United States, it's not going to come goose-stepping in like in, in Europe. It's going to come wrapped in an American flag and carrying a cross. And we got a president who, like, goes on stage and pretends to have sex with an American flag on stage, which I, I don't know how that's normal. I don't know how that's patriotic. And, you know, his vice president uh, is carrying a cross. I'm not against Christians. Not against people who like the flag. Uh, I am against totalitarianism. And I am against having a president who uh, is who is obsessed with his own power, obsessed with finding leakers, obsessed with strong men around the world, like Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. Anyway, 631-451-1039. Let me go to James in Calverton. James, you're on the air. Okay, I just have one question for you. Please don't interrupt me. Um, before the president was president, about four months before that, you said he the same stuff. He was crazy and all this. And you said that you knew that Hillary Clinton was going to win. That was a shoe-in. But you also said that if she lost, that you would stand behind this president and back him and support him, 
and you're not doing that at uh, all. That's not and true. I, I did that, say, hold I on a minute, James. James, say that. hey, James, I did say that I would support whoever became president of the United States. you're not. You're calling him a crook. A I, I, He's not. You're well, James, am I supposed to support him? Like, like, is he my child? Am I supposed to support him unconditionally? You don't know what's going on in the White House. James, James, James. I don't have to know what's going on in the White House. I just have to read his Twitter feed. when it happened? This guy, like, I'm trying to answer his question. You know, he calls every week. He's one of our biggest fans, Mike. I'm trying to answer your question, James, and I'm going to answer it for you, okay? Yeah, I said, I won't be like the Republicans that say that's not my president. I will support him and give him a chance. It's been two years. I've given him a chance. Time's up. I'm not giving him any more chances. He is showing us who he is. Remember what Maya Angelou said? When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Okay, I thought, like many Americans thought, that when the president became president, when he actually got into the White House, when he got into the White House, the man I thought would change. He did not change. In fact, he's gotten worse. I, I've met Donald Trump, by the way, America. I met him many times before he was president, and I was always impressed by him when I met him. He was charming and nice, but he was a Reality TV show host and a, you know, a builder. He wasn't a guy that, he wasn't a guy that was running the country. And I did give him a chance. But he's let me down. And he's let us all down. No more chances. I want a Congress to put a proper check on him. I'm not saying remove him. I'm not saying impeach him. I'm saying check him. That's what the founders want, and that's not what they're getting from these this group of sheep in Washington now. 631-451-1039. Let me go to Mike in Manorville. Mike, how you doing? Christopher, how are you? How are you, Mike? I'm great. Here's what I'm telling people. If you defend a chump, you risk looking like one forever. So tell these people... You know, you, you keep defending this guy blindly, and right. all of a sudden things start piling up. These people are going to look awfully foolish. I mean, there's so many things now. It's just piling up day after day after day after day, and I got people saying, well, why aren't you giving him a chance? I think I gave him a chance, Mike. I think I gave no, him enough time. Those Those days are over. You can't. You can't respect him just because we respected the office. He's destroyed it. He has and destroyed it. One. I, His favorite thing, MAGA. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Morons are government, governing America. MAGA. Morons, Morons are, governing are governing America. America. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, November's coming, Mike. And uh, November's coming. And well, I think it's... to get out and vote, you yeah. know. I hope all the talk comes true and people are going to be out there voting because... You know, this. everybody says the election is the most important one every time it comes around. But this one seems to be, this seems to be the real deal this time, you know? It seems like, you know, this is not, this is not, you know, like Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama. You know, Mitt Romney, I'd take Mitt Romney in a heartbeat right now. Uh, this is, this is very, very, very serious. So I'm hopeful and this that. this isn't people trying to, to, that are mad because Hillary didn't win like they like to tell you. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with Hillary. This has got to do with trying to trying to bring things back to sensibility. Right. It's it's trying to do what the founders wanted our Congress to do. Put a check on the president. Mike, thanks for your call. All right, Christopher. Th- keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is the number. That's the key, America. It's not about Hillary anymore. 
And, and I got to tell you something. I am done with all you Hillary haters. I don't care about Hillary Clinton anymore. Okay? I like her personally, but professionally, I'm done. I'm not supporting her for president or anything else. She would have been a great president, but it's not about her anymore. It is about Donald Trump, and it is about the future of our republic, America. I couldn't be more serious about this. We need a Congress, and I will never tell you who to vote for. I never endorse candidates. It's not what I do. We need a Congress that will put a check on the president. The Congress we have right now does not do that. It absolutely does not do it. The majority in this Congress right now has just let this man run buckshot over our Constitution and over our norms. For the Constitution to work, the founders believed that we had to have men and women in office who were going to uphold the ideals and the norms and the traditions of this nation. They believed in incremental change brought on by checks and balances. And we've got a president and a bunch of sheep in Congress just letting him do whatever he wants. The man is calling for somebody to be turned over to the government. He's saying that one of his aides who spoke out against him committed treason. Now, look, I agree with him when he says the guy was a coward. I do. Put your name on it. Put your name on it and resign. Grow a pair, put on your big boy pants, and resign. Send that letter to the House Judiciary Committee, the Speaker of the House, the Majority Minority Leader of the Senate, and the Vice President, and resign. That's what I want you to do. But that's not treason either. It's not something to be turned over to the government for. That's nonsense. That is nonsense talk from the most powerful man in the world. And today we had an NFL game, opening day of the NFL season. One of my favorite things. I love football. Big giant fan. Can't wait. Got all sorts of hope this year. You know that there had to be at least one or two people kneeling during this anthem today. And you know that uh, Agent Orange is going to be tweeting about the people kneeling. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. I mean, we can't even enjoy football. And oh, by the way, you know why he's so critical of the NFL? Because the NFL wouldn't let him buy a team. You know why they wouldn't let him buy a team? Because they couldn't figure out how much he was worth. Because he really wasn't worth all that much. And he was getting all of his money to finance his latest deals from Russia. That's what he's really upset about. Oh, Mike's got a live one on the line right now. They don't want to talk to me, but they love yelling at you, huh? Bad. Bad, 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 bad. And, and, and those are my favorite callers. The guys who call in and yell at my screener for a minute and a half. What was that one saying, Mike? How bad? No, it was James saying how all you do is talk about Donald Trump and there's nothing else going on in the world. Yeah, you know, there is nothing else. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, like Donald Trump is the biggest threat to the world right now. <laughs> I mean, James. Nothing else going on. How can you Infotainment, guys. Infotainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, guys. James. He's the story. I, I don't know. I mean, what do you want me to do? Talk about how the economy's good? Okay, the economy's good. What else am I going to say? People got jobs now? Yay. By the way, just want to be very clear. 
The economy has been on an upward trend since 2009. The stock market tripled under Obama. Tripled! It was at 21,000 when the president took office. I know it's much higher now. It's like at 25,000. Great! Unemployment was at 4.7%. I know it's under 4% now. I got it. The trend, when Obama took office, the, 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 the job market was at 11% unemployment. He brought it down to 4.9 by the time he left office. That is darn good. I don't know if you guys remember 2008 and the financial collapse. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. That was all Obama's fault, right? Yeah, you know, he wasn't president yet. He was only running for president. And the stock market collapsed under George W. Bush. And then Obama became president, stopped the bleeding, and the economy has been growing ever since. Just be, just be clear here. The president's only been president for 19 months. We don't know what his final economic record's going to be. So yeah, I'm happy that the economy is doing well right now. I'm happy that the trend started under President Obama continues. I'm very happy about that. Real job growth has been good. Salary growth, on the other hand, has been dismal. And oh, by the way, you're paying more for gas. You're paying more for food. You're paying more for clothes under Trump than you did under Obama. And yeah, you might have saved yourself $45 in taxes this year. Good for you. Good for you. Um, but you lost that in like two gas tanks full of gas. And you're probably filling up like, you know, four times a month, five times a month. So think about that, James. Okay, I, I just spent a few minutes talking about the economy. And, and yeah, for guys like me in the upper middle, it's pretty good. I guess for working people, they got jobs. The jobs are plentiful. That's good too. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's a good thing. But it's a trend that started under Obama. You know what else the trend was under Obama? Costs were coming down. Cost of gas went way down under Obama. Cost of gas way up under Trump. Well, I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. I mean, remember who his first Secretary of State was? Rex Tillerson. Where did he work? Exxon. Oh, yeah. Let me think about that, James. But yeah, I'm going to talk about Donald Trump probably for the next two years till he leaves. I would really, trust me when I say this, I would love to do a show where I didn't talk about Donald Trump. I would love it. Donald Trump won't let me. Donald Trump won't let me. He won't let any of us. Because if things get too quiet and we're not talking about Donald Trump, Donald Trump will make us talk about Donald Trump. That's who Donald Trump is. He's an attention whore. And if you're not giving him attention, he'll make you give him attention. And now that he's president of the United States, he's got all sorts of ways to make us pay attention to him. All he's really got to do is tweet something outrageous like, turn the person who wrote the letter over to the government. He's committed treason. I mean, that alone, America. How about, uh, you know, how about the tweet earlier in the week where he said uh, he tweeted about Jeff Sessions uh, prosecuting two people, two Congress members who committed a crime. One of them committed the crime at the White House while Trump was president. 
We've got film of him at the White House phoning his son on an insider trading deal. And the president complaining that Jeff Sessions' Justice Department is prosecuting them. Now, look, I don't like Jeff Sessions. I think his politics is all wacky. I think he's a bit racist. But he's trying to uphold the oath he swore. He's trying to uphold the oath he swore. And be independent of the president. And I got to respect him for that. This is where we're at. This is who he is. I, I am. I can't wait for Mueller to release his report. And I, I and I know everybody says, "Oh, we're in the election blackout now." We're not. There's no such thing. Ask Hillary Clinton. Remember, ten days before the election, when the FBI released a report. There will be a report, a Mueller report. The president is not on the ballot, so this will not interfere with the president's election. And there's going to be a trial starting in about a week and a half. Remember the president's campaign manager who was just convicted on eight charges last week? Man, that would have brought down most presidencies, right? Well, next week there's going to be another trial about other things he did wrong. Can't wait for that either. That's going to be fun. That's going to be good times. All these things that have brought down any other president. This president, he's just skating. Just skating. Anyway, 631-451-1039 is my number. I got Ellis Hennigan joining me on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Chris Hodge Show. Be right back. Everything else you heard today, and listen up. The Chris Hahn Show is on the air. All right, I am back. I am live. I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour at 631-451-1039. You can also tweet at me, at Christopher Hahn, on the Twitter machine, at Christopher Hahn. Don't forget to watch me tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, Fox News. I'll be on Tucker. Saturday, 930, I'll be on with Judge Janine, my regular spot. You'll see me there yelling and screaming about probably the same thing I'm going to talk about right now. And then on Monday night, I will be with Laura Ingram on the Ingram Angle. But join me right now, one of my favorite guests, especially when things get a little crazy. I got the man, the myth, the legend, Ellis Hennigan joining me live right now. Follow him on Twitter, at Hennigan on Twitter. Ellis, how you doing? What do you mean getting crazy? They've been crazy, man. <laughs> I don't, you know, we keep thinking this is the pinnacle. It can't get any wilder. It can't get any nuttier. It can't get any more so I've I, I stopped saying that. I'm not saying that anymore. I, I'm just wondering when it's going to get so nutty that four or five of the senators uh, who have been critical on the right of this president uh, will we'll say enough's enough. I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give the gavel to Chuck Schumer now, and he'll investigate you. I, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand these people like they're 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 so afraid of that 33 percent of voter that will jump in front of a bus for Donald Trump that they are willing to let democracy die so that they can keep wearing their U.S. Senate pin. Uh, not too many profiles and courage out there. No, right? and even the people. And you know, because you talk to some of them, I do as well. You know, these are all people who are saying privately, all of a lot of the same kind of stuff you and I are saying. 
But when the microphone, the camera's on, nah, not so much. Yeah, it's amazing. But even the guys, like, you know, like, I'm getting more tired of the guys who will say it when the camera's on, and then they'll go to the Senate chamber and they'll vote with Donald Trump 100% of the time. You know, like the Bob yeah. Corkers of the world, the Lisa yeah. Murkowski's of the world, the Susan Collins of the world, the Jeff Flakes of the world, and the Ben Sasses of the world. I mean, they, well, you, just, you just named the whole list there, so yeah. I think that's pretty much everybody. I, I've had it with them. I, I think that they, it only takes two of them. I mean, it wouldn't kill Susan Collins to cross the aisle. She'd still get reelected in Maine, right? I mean, she should just cross the aisle. She could remain a Republican, caucus with the Democrats, and be done with this president. So could Bob Corker. He's retiring anyway. I mean, go yeah. do it. Jeff Flake, go yeah. do it. Let's investigate this guy. I mean, I, I don't think we can wait till January. I think things need to start moving now. Yeah, it's, I, listen, I, you know, it is, history is not going to look back on this uh, very favorably. I think there are going to be an awful lot of people who are going to say, I wish I had, I should have done it then. Right. It would have been a lot better if I'd done it at the time. Right. But, uh, I, you know, they're just too scared. I, you know, they're just, uh, you know, I guess you've got to read their email inbox to understand it. I wonder what they're scared of. I mean, they have a say, I mean, Susan Collins isn't up for election this year. Um it is Jeff Flake's not running for election. I mean, are they afraid they're that like Sean Hannity is going to say bad things about them and then people are going to boo them when they go places? I mean, but you know what? They already are. I, I mean, anyone who's going to get that abuse, you know, the, 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 they're not being embraced at the moment. Right. But, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, in the end, we are still a very tribal nation here. Yeah. Very seldom has anybody crossed any kind of line. Very seldom has any mind ever changed. I, you know, I mean, listen, you know that from your audience, right? Yep. I mean, you know, people people believe what they believe. I'm getting calls from people saying, well, why don't you talk about all the good things going on in the country? I'm like, oh, what do you mean? You want me to talk about, you want me to spend five minutes saying how unemployment's down? Okay. It, it's been on a downward trend since 2009, but you don't believe that. So it's like. Yeah, that started, right? That started on January 20, 2017. Right, right. Yeah, everything, everything good in the economy just started when he, you know, got elected. Miraculously, people started yeah. feeling good about it again. It's but, amazing. But I mean, we have so many things to say about this, right? Like, you just sketched out, I think, very nicely kind of the way, where the political story is right now in the Congress and in the Senate. Uh, but, but, I mean, there's so many other layers to this thing, the psychological story, because you know how many different descriptions of psychological <laughs> immaturity those of us in the media haven't learned to articulate. I mean, they, well, well, how mad is Trump today, right? He, there's an entire right. subsection of the media who has to come up every day with a new, fresh psychological term to describe how off the wall he is right now. You're going to have to write an entire new book, uh, that Trumpitude book you wrote. You got to write a whole nother one of those for his anger. Like, you know, like describe his anger. And I want to cut of this now, Alice, because I'm in. Right, right, right. right. right, right. Is, uh, it, is it white hot? Yeah. Or is it volcanic? How, how do we yeah. judge the Trump anger? White hot, throwing Kellyanne Conway out the window anger? Or like, right. you know, how could we resolve this? Is it, a, is it a level that can only be resolved by Ivanka? Or, or, or do we need Ivanka in a bikini to resolve this anger? I mean, what do we... No, what, it's... Uh, <sighs> I, I, I agree. I mean, one thing, it's been kind of fun for adjectives, right? It's been fun for those of us whose job it is to dream up uh, ways, fresh and interesting ways of saying things. Because, but, 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 but I really don't know the answer to, 
right? When you start using superlatives, there's a danger, right? When you say, this is extraordinary, right. this is unprecedented. Okay, so if you say that on day two and three, what do you say on day 412? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, they keep using the word unprecedented to describe things that are happening right now. Yeah, Unfortunately, that. Yeah. It's all unprecedented. It, it, I mean, come on, you got to do better than that. I mean, know? it's true, but it doesn't ring to anybody anymore. People are numb, I think. It's yeah. amazing to me. I mean, I mean, the polls are starting to move in a direction where it seems like the American people have had enough with this guy. Um, and I'm starting yeah. to think that the blue wave is a real thing. I'm starting to feel good about it right now. Um, yeah. I mean, this, 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 this week has been crazy. I mean, we got to talk about what's gone on this in the last two days, really. Uh, okay. the, 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 uh, the book coming out, uh, the you start Woodward, with Woodward, right? You start with Woodward. You right? start with Woodward, you know, who, you know, has an excellent track record. I, I know that you're a fan of his. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I, I actually saw, you know, him, what, can, I, can I put it like this? I'm a, a big admirer of his. I yeah. Mean, I think he practices. An artist. He's frankly a kind of a plotting. Have you read? Do you read any of these books? I mean, they're. I read. They kind of like. They kind of like homework. But yeah. I think they're very, very solid. They're right? thorough and they're well investigated, yeah. and they're the yeah. sources are backed yeah. up twenty five ways yeah. from Sunday, right? I actually yeah, 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 had yeah. the privilege of meeting him. He spoke at Stony Brook University about a year ago. Uh, uh-huh. I met him. I spoke to him. He he gave a speech about Watergate. Uh, and yeah. it was all, it was him and it was him and it was him and Bernstein. It was an awesome event. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. and, and it, it's a, uh, you know, it was a pleasure to kind of witness that, 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 that speech he gave and, and, but you know, he's usually on the money and, yeah. and some of the things he said in that book, I, I mean, they were just downright there that we've seen just in the excerpts of the book the books, not even out yet. Uh, it, it's just downright nutty, right? I mean, it's nutty. Well, People stealing things off the president's desk to make sure he doesn't ruin the right. world. Right, right, right. I mean, me, to me, and that the the anonymous op-ed that, that that is, of course, the other shoe that I know you were about to drop on this topic. Yeah, they, they to some extent really gather around the same theme, and, and it is a really interesting question. And I think if you think it's an easy question, I would suggest you haven't thought about it enough. But but at what point do those who are working in the White House, and I mean, you know, the West Wing people, the ones who are close there, right? Where do you separate? enabling, uh, encouraging, allowing from, hey, listen, we're here protecting democracy, and we're, you know, we're the resistance on the inside. Right. Like, there are a lot of grays in that. You know, as a, as a, a writer or talker, maybe even a thinker sometimes, that's interesting to me. Right. How do you sort that stuff out? Right. It is odd, right? It, 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 you know, on the one hand, and I have been critical of this guy who wrote the op-ed, not the op-ed itself. I've been critical of the fact that he didn't send it as a letter to the head of the, uh, the to the chair of the House Judiciary Committee and a copy to the president with the last word saying "I resign" and signing his name to it. Um, because I quite frankly think if you really believe this is going on and you think it's time to take a stand, I think it's time to say to Congress, put Congress into the game here, force them into the game, and say. Here's what's going on in the White House. I am somebody you all know. Uh, I resigned from my office because this is what's going on. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, but I, I hear that. And I, I think there's a, I mean, I, that would be an appropriate and an interesting step for some high-profile person to make. And we really haven't had that yet. Right. However. And however, it's amazing to me we haven't had that yet. But, 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 but Chris, it's not a trivial argument, the one that he's making, which is that, you know, when you have a maniac in charge, there is some value to having someone who's 
you know, who pulls the nuclear button away from him when he's about to press it. That is who, true. Who hides the paper. That's not, I mean, you know, there can be some self-justification in an argument like that. But it's not all wrong. I mean, we, maybe we need some people like that in there, don't we? I, I think we do. I think we do. But if they're going to write a letter and yeah. trash their boss, and, I, and, and look, I get it. There are going to be people around. Every politician has somebody around them that keeps them from, you know, listening to their demons, right? right? Hey, every hey, single boss, I think about that before I said it. Right, You've been in that role, right? Okay. I've definitely been in that role, and it, it's right. it's you know, it's that's one thing. But if it's so bad that you think you got to take the extraordinary step <laughs> to write a anonymous to go to the you don't just write an anonymous op ed to the New York Times you must have had to travel to the New York Times said hey here I am this is who I am I can't put my name in the paper because I'm keeping this job yeah. uh, and and uh, you know and do you're gonna go that that was an extraordinary step yeah you know I think you're probably at a point where you probably it's it's a little disloyal and you probably should it's more than a little disloyal it's incredibly disloyal and you should resign. You should just resign you know, from the I, job. I hear you. I was just the, the way that I would quibble with you on this is I, I think there are a lot of ways to do these things. Anytime, I mean, you know, you had these arguments around any kind of uh, dissent, right? Right. Work from the inside and try and change the system, or go on the outside and protest it from without. And and I would just say, you know, you can argue in a specific case that hey, one thing is more effective than the other thing. Right. But the reality is, you kind of need them both. And, you know, let us flowers bloom and, you know, let some people quit and other people try to do it from the inside. Isn't that true of any social change? I think you're right. You're right about that. But I, I just feel like we've got to get the Congress to really pay attention to what's going on. I mean, that's my, yeah. you know, I mean, this is, it's, it's like, you know, the founders, they, they, they absolutely anticipated a tyrannical president. And I, I think that's what he is. I think he's tyrannical in his nature. His, his, his instincts are tyrannical. Maybe he's not a practicing tyrant yet, but his instincts are tyrannical. They, they, they anticipated this. They, what they didn't anticipate is a bunch of sheep in Congress. And, right, and, and, shrugging, a shrugging Congress. Eh, give me another conservative judge. Give me another tax cut. Take away some regulations on clean air and clean water, and we're fine. You know, it's just it's just, just disgusting at this point to me. By the way, I'm talking well, to Ellis. Listen, I'm there's talking, only one thing, Chris. You know, there's only one thing that's going to change that: an election. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, sixty lose sixty seats. Tell me whether it changes. I think you know if the election was held today, I think they lose eighty seats. By the way, I'm talking to Ellis Hennigan. He is a, a great re- reporter, a great writer, great journalist. Uh, you've been following for years at Hennigan on Twitter, Hennigan.com for all your Ellis Hennigan things. Working on a book right now, Chris Christie. I can't wait for that to come out. Uh, great guy. One of my favorite guests. You hear him on the Chris Hahn Show all the time. You see him on CNN and other networks. Uh, so, Ellis, I mean, you know, putting a bow on it, though, I mean, yeah. it, it is, it's, it's just extraordinary. Not just the, uh, you know, not just that this guy wrote this op-ed anonymously, but just the things that they're saying that that every cabinet member at one point or another has said aloud that the 25th Amendment should be in play. Right. And it's used either the word moron, idiot. Right. Every one of them. Right. I mean, listen, we've all had bosses that we didn't think were perfect, right? I mean, mm. we've all worked with people who believe things that we didn't completely embrace. Right. right. That's part of being, being alive. 
but this is uh, this is uh, this is out there, really, for sure. It is insane. Okay, it is. So ins- where does it end? Where does it go? I mean, that's the part uh, that that you know, even smart guys like us really. Have I got to tell you, out. if I had to make a guess, and you know, my yeah. predictions have not been great, right? Uh, the last okay. uh, eight, uh, you know, twenty-four months or so, <laughs> let's just say. Um, if I had to make a guess, the Democrats are going to take the House, and I. If things keep going in the way they're going right now, they're going to take the Senate too. Hmm. Well, that would be that would be a profound change. They're going to take the Senate. They're going to take. I'll tell you what seats they're going to take. They're going to take Texas. They're going to take, take Texas. They're, they're going to take Nevada, they're and they're going to take Arizona. I know Kristen Cinema. Right, I'm I'm getting a bad feeling on Florida. By the way, I'm not. I think that this this Gillum guy is the real deal, and we should talk about that for a minute too. But 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 um but. I think they're going to they're going to take the House and maybe take the Senate. The president is going to walk away. He is not going to be impeached. He's going to leave because it's going to be unfun for him because the the they're not going to impeach him. They're going to I, I always say they're going to do the um, uh, the Princess Bride model. You know, at the end where he says we're not fighting to the death. We're fighting to the pain. I'm going to cut off a pinky. I'm going to cut off a toe. I'm going to cut off your nose. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that's what the Democrats have to do. They got to fight to the pain, not to the death. And make it painful for this man to stick around. And when they do that. I can't, yeah, I can't say that you're wrong about that. But I could give you half a dozen other scenarios. Some of them wild. Like, 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 here's a wild one for you. So say you're right in your election, right? The Dems just wrong, okay? If you believe, as, as sometimes I do, that this is a guy who at heart doesn't really believe anything philosophical. What if he says, hey, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to make my deal with uh, Schumer and Pelosi. I don't think he's going to be able to make his deal with Schumer and Pelosi. He'll try. That? He'll try. How about that? He'll Wouldn't tr- that be interesting? Uh, look, I, there was a time when he could have made that deal. He could have made deals with them months ago, a year ago. I, I think it's. I think he's past it. I think at, at this point he is the enemy of the state. <laughs> he needs to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just time yeah. for him to go. But let me yeah. talk about. Let me talk. About, I got about four or five minutes left with you. What? Okay. Let's talk about this Florida upset. Uh, not something I normally talk about here, uh, but it, you know, Florida is a very important state, and uh, you know, this Gillum guy who's running against uh, DeSantis, who is just basically right. a Trump. You know, a mini Trump. Right. Um. I think this is a, a good experiment to see if a liberal and a ultra conservative in a battle in a state that matters is going to be the model for 2016. And that's why I'm really hoping that this guy wins. And, and I think they're painting him as, as more of a liberal than he really is. Uh, but give me your give me your give me your, your two cents on it. Well, so here's, here's where I think we, we can agree. Both of the parties are getting more, I don't, I don't even like the word extreme, but I mean, the Dems are getting further left than the Republicans. So what's left of the Republican Party is going to be further to right. Right. Is the Republicans most likely to lose are the ones who are in more swing districts where, you know, where the moderates live, right? So, so it will have, we will have a more bifurcated political system going forward. Right. And so you'll probably, yeah, you'll probably have a lot of races like that. To me... Much of America, for demographic, immigration, other reasons, is frankly, the, the, the big arc is progressive. I right. mean, America 50 years from now is going to be more progressive than us. But there are two places, two places where 
for a whole set of complicated reasons, seem to be going in the opposite direction to me. One is North Carolina, and I know you're going to quibble with me because it's now a Democratic governor there, but right. North Carolina really is pretty much of a red state at this point when it was teetering on the edge of, of, of some of the other. And I think Florida is, this, is the same way. I mean, I know it's a very diverse state. I know it isn't a southern state in the same way that other parts of the South are. Right. But I think Republicans, I mean, go, I forget the numbers, but I mean, look at the breakdown in the legislature there. I think it's I, look. I think they did a. State. I think they did a great job gerrymandering in Florida, and I think they did an excellent job gerrymandering in North Carolina. Not only gerrymandering, but repressing the vote, and they're losing cases. I mean, North Carolina might right. decide. I, I doubt it will decide the makeup of the House at this point. But I think North Carolina, they've been ordered by the court to redistrict now for, for no, this no, election. Right before the election. Right? Yeah. Before the election. And, and I don't know how that even happens. But, 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 but why, is it, why is it that we're talking about Georgia, Virginia, Texas, all, Arizona, yep. all of these places? Really, are, I mean, these are in reach of Democrats. I mean, Democrats can win big offices in those states, Yeah, right? I, I mean, the thing about Florida that makes it hard, I think, is, is the amount of old people in Florida. Florida has an old, is an old state. Um, a lot of old people living in Florida because that's where yeah, they go. I mean, plenty of, plenty, of, plenty of Democratic old people in Florida. Yeah, they used to be Democrats when they lived in New York and New Jersey. But now that they live in Florida, I don't know. That Southern yeah. cooking has changed them a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, those Puerto, those Puerto Ricans coming up to Orlando after the storm. I mean, I, I, right. Well, that's the thing. I, I always say there are 75,000 new Puerto Rican voters that are, are there right now. And I don't know if they're being accounted for. And, I'm, and they're pretty pissed off at Republicans. Yeah. So, but yeah. I thought that in the last but, but election, watch, too. And watch, the, watch, the, watch the Senate race there, too. I don't know. I just have kind of a bad feeling on Florida. The other places, I think Texas, I mean, Ted Cruz could be beaten. You know, that stuff could happen. You know, I mean, Texas is not a blue state yet. Probably will be a blue nope. state at some point. But Ted Cruz is such a horrible person, and I think people know that. And this Beto O'Rourke guy seems like a guy you want to you wanna party with. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I don't know. I got 30 seconds with you, Ellis. You're the best. I love right. you. I appreciate you coming really on every point. single time. What do you want people to know about you? Where can they find you? What should they be looking I out for? Go to the website. That's always, uh, that's always funny. Keep an eye on that Christie book. Seriously, it's coming out in January. It's, it's a strange pairing, him and me, but it's going to, I'm telling you, he's the one Trump insider who's telling it like it is. And uh, I think you're going to find a lot of interesting stuff in there, particularly about his relationship with uh, Jerry Kushner and and some of the people who have been around the early part of the Trump presidency. There's going to be some interesting revelations. Well, I can't wait to read it, and you will definitely be back here before then to plug it. Cool. I really listen. Ellis Hennigan, at Hennigan on Twitter. All right, I'm taking your calls on the bottom of the hour, right after this break at 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Hahn Show. Keep it where it's at, America. Conservatives, listen up. The truth is on the air. The Chris Hahn Show. All right. I'm back and I am live and taking your calls at 631 451 1039. 
631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, pick up the phone and give me a call at 631-451-1039. Don't forget to catch me tomorrow night on Tucker, Saturday night on A Justice with Judge Janine Pirro. And then Monday, I'll be on at 10 o'clock with uh, Laura Ingram, all on the Fox News channel. Uh, You'll catch me there. And at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. For all of your Christopher Hahn news, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. And I've got a website, ChristopherHahn.com. You can go there, too. ChristopherHahn.com. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Maybe I should come up with a new name for this show. I mean, everything's Chris Hahn. I'm I'm starting to feel like a megalomaniac. Didn't we talk about that a while ago? Yeah, I wanted to name it like um, the National Conversation with Chris Hahn. I I never changed it. I got to get new bumpers is what I'd have to do, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I'd have to. It's a whole thing. It's a, big thing. It's a whole project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so much work. I might as well just be a mega yeah, man. It really is, you know. Uh, I'm not going to be lazy or anything. I want to be no. I, I don't want to seem so narcissistic, you know. But I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's the national conversation with Chris Hahn. But I just I can't change it because you know. They got to put some money into it, and you know, maybe when we get the syndication deal, yeah, we get the syndication deal. Maybe we'll change the name of the show. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. If you want to get a part of this conversation, all right. Let's. I, I got to talk about a little bit about Colin Kaepernick, um, who I greatly support, and by the way, admire uh, for the stance he's taken. Even though, look, I, I, I say this time and time again. I always stand for the anthem. I'm respectful of the flag, but I thank God I live in a country where you don't have to. It's not a, you know, nobody's forcing you to do anything in this country that you don't want to do if it doesn't hurt anybody else. And, and not standing for the flag is, you know, and taking a knee, frankly, seems like a pretty calm protest to me. And this guy has been blacklisted by the NFL. Make no mistake, two years ago, he would have been picked up. And a lot of teams who had a lot worse quarterbacks than Colin Kaepernick. I know he had a bad year. Uh, the year before he got cut. I know that, America. But the man was young enough, had good enough stats most of his career. He had one of the greatest years ever as a quarterback with San Francisco. Uh, would have gotten picked up, there, no doubt. I'm a fantasy football player. You know that. He would have been at least a backup somewhere, but got nothing because he was blacklisted because of this protest. And, and by the way, the, the protest that came after it uh, including the protest by this ridiculous president we have right now. But uh, lo and behold, uh, a couple weeks ago, it's announced that Colin Kaepernick signs a five-year deal with Nike, and they released the first ad today uh, in time for the first game in the NFL season. And it's a Just Do It campaign, but it's like, uh, what was the tagline, Mike? Do you know the tagline? Uh, if you got to stand for something, you got to sacrifice it all. Like yeah, don't be afraid to take a stand. You know, if you, you know, sacrifice. You'll look it up for me. Michael, find it for me. I should have looked that up. I mean, that would have been good radio prep for tonight. But I wasn't planning on talking about it. And Mike started talking to me about it, so I got to talk about it. Uh, what's hilarious to me? Uh, people are such idiots, right? I mean, I, I, people are protesting. Colin Kaepernick. Oh, it's believe in something, even, even if it means sacrificing everything. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. It's a good tagline. I like it. Just do it. Here's the funny thing. <laughs> All around the country, rednecks, and it's mostly rednecks, America, let's be clear, are burning their Nikes. They're burning their shirts. They're burning their sneakers. They're burning their, their Nikes. Now, I, I have to tell these guys... Um, 
Nike already has your money. Nike's cashed the check. In fact, some of the money that they made by the shoes you bought, which you're now burning and will have to replace, they paid Colin Kaepernick with. You're an idiot if you're burning your Nike apparel. And, and if you really don't want your Nike apparel, you don't want to wear Nike because of Colin Kaepernick, I, fine. It's America. Just like he has the right to take a knee, you have a right to wear Adidas. I wear Brooks when I run, but I like Nike clothing and Adidas clothing lately. But just like you have a right, you have a right to do that. You have a right to burn it if you want, but why don't donate it to somebody? You don't want to wear it anymore? Donate it. People all over this country are burning things they bought, hard-earned money. And why? Because Colin Kaepernick protests the way African-Americans are treated by some members of law enforcement, not all, some members of law enforcement by taking a knee during the anthem. Guys, it's a pretty peaceful protest. It is not, it is not the, the end of the world that he would do that. It is a respectful way to kind of protest the flag, I think. I, I don't think that that's the, the end of the world. And now morons all over the country are burning their Nike apparel. Now, come on. Come on, man. Just give it away. Think about the kids that would, would, would love that or poor people who made shoes. Shoes are like the number one thing requested at homeless shelters. Shoes and socks. Anyway, we'll go to the phone. 631-451-1039. James and Calverton, you're on the air. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I agree with you 100%. Everything you said about the football player, I mean, I don't know what the big deal is. He's, he's taking a knee. First, it's the most violent sport in American history, and there's so many people who are injured from it. And I don't understand why it is that we just have the national anthem at, like, two different kinds of sports, you know? They don't yeah. know when they're bowling or playing golf or or <laughs> They sometimes do it at golf. Else, if if you go to a golf event before the event starts, sometimes they do play the national anthem, believe it or not. But uh, but I what I really wanted to call about was that the people that are burning their their clothing it reminds me of the, when they were burning the Beatles albums and you know and Elvis you know it's just it's just pointless everybody that was against the Beatles and Elvis then started using them in their advertisements and, right you know it just you know I mean the churches are all against it. And then it went on TV and used their music. It, you know, it's it, it just so crazy. It is and, nonsense. And, and people are burning their Nike apparel because they, oh, how dare they give this guy. I guess Colin Kaepernick should be blacklisted from everything for the rest of his life because he took a knee. Come on. No, no, it's a, the thing that kills me is in that same audience, you probably have 50 politicians that had their hand on their heart and stood up 
And the whole time, it's in their mind, let's see, I can rip off the public, I'm feeding them right. down this bill and, and that bill, and, and everybody's happy that they're saluting the flag, but they're really just hypocrites. Nonsense kind of stuff. Stand, you know? All right, James, thanks for your call. All right, thank Six, you. No problem. 631-451-1039. He listens to the entire show. I mean, I just, I, I just want to point that out. <laughs> I like James. He doesn't agree with me when I talk about Trump, but he'll agree with me when I talk about policy, which is he, odd. That's why we talk about other stuff. Other yeah. Than Trump, you're good. The funny thing is, is that he used to call all the time before Trump. Because, you know, I've been on the air since 2013. And he used to call before Trump. And he would always agree with me. And probably because on policy, we agree. Which is why I don't understand why he's like it. I don't understand why he likes Trump, but whatever. I mean, you know, maybe it's the 401k. I mean, maybe he's a 401k Republican. There are some of them. Um, But think about this, though. I mean, the guy, the guy took a knee. He didn't like put a fist in the air. He didn't like, you know, trample on the flag. And I think if you talk to a real you know, like a national, uh, you know, like an American Legion type. And you ask them if that's an appropriate way to protest during the national anthem. And, and you're not protesting. Remember America, he was not protesting the troops as the president likes to say he was doing. He's not protesting the military. He's not protesting the flag. He's not protesting America at large. He's trying to draw attention to a real problem. And again, it's not every officer. It's not even most officers. It's 99%, 99.9% of all people who are in law enforcement do their job, don't have racial bias. It's fine. But there is a, a, a small percentage of these people who absolutely are biased. And, and, and just like there's bias everywhere else. But in law enforcement, when you are given that much power and you have that bias, it could lead to a real dangerous situation for young black men. And Colin Kaepernick had seen a lot of that and he wanted to make a statement. So he took a knee and it would have all been over, but for Agent Orange in the White House making a real big deal about it. And now he's suing the NFL and he's going to win. Because it is very clear to me that there are a lot worse people playing quarterback in the NFL than Colin Kaepernick. Am I right, Mike? Yes, you are. Uh, Blake Bortles? Anybody? I understand that. But, uh, you know, he was, I don't know, even his football skills, saying that, they were on the decline. He was beat up by Blaine Gabbert twice. Yeah, okay, but hold on. Backup? But yes, he is a he's a more suitable backup. But the thing is, he plays a different style of offense. You know, he's a running quarterback. Right, he run and gun. Right, he was exactly. the run and gun quarterback. Exactly. But he had a gun. He had he had an arm. He was at, when he was accurate. You know. Right. I mean, he, he look. I mean, he had one of the great That's runs. Like Baltimore offered him a deal, and he turned it down. He had a he had a year. What was his stats that one year? He, when he, he played the eight games when Alex Smith got hurt. Yeah. Well, they were pretty good. Yeah. What did he have, like 24 touchdowns in eight games? They were very good. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he clearly could play in the NFL. Clearly should have given, been given a contract. Wasn't given a contract. And he's going to win his suit. It's just that simple. And this Nike ad, it's a, it's a good ad. 
and I don't think the guy should be blacklisted for the rest of his life forever for, for making a stance. And just because the president of the United States and 33% of America, which will, which will say, yes, sir, whatever the dope says, they say, okay, yep. They have basically abdicated their own intelligence to this man. I don't think because of that 33% yelling and screaming that uh, people should be even, you know, there's going to come a point in this country. And I think it's coming sooner rather than later where we will go back to ignoring that 33% of the country. I am tired of watching the news and seeing four MAGA hats interviewed every night. I don't care what they think anymore. I really don't. They're not going to change their mind. He's their hero. Doesn't matter what he does. Oh, oh, oh. There's an inquirer safe that says he has X, Y, and Z in it. Well, you know, we knew he wasn't perfect. There's nothing that you could say or do about Donald Trump that's going to change the mind of 30 to 33% of Americans. And it's time we stop trying. And we start focusing on the 69% of Americans who don't jump whenever the guy says go. Time for them. Enough. I don't get it. I don't understand why that's the focus of our attention. Look, this is going to change in November because there's going to be a swing. And I got to tell you, if this Gillum guy wins in Florida, it's going to be a big change. Because Florida, we have always run a, you know, Melba toast, middle of the road, kind of a little conservative Democrat. And now we're running a guy who's truly a progressive. I don't think he's a, a, you know, you know, they're asking him, are you a socialist? No, he's not a socialist. But he's a true progressive. And. That progressive, I think, is going to win. And what does that say about electability in 2020? I mean, does that say we should go for an Elizabeth Warren? Should we go for somebody a little bit more on the left side of the schedule of of, of the spectrum in this country? What will win? Again, who's the Republican candidate? Is it Donald Trump in 2020? I tend to think it won't be. So... We've got, we've got to figure that out. We've got to see what's going on. It is a, uh, you know, it is something that is going to develop and we're going to move in a new direction and we're going to have real races about real ideals again in this country. We're not there yet, but we've got to stop catering to the MAGA hats. Somebody who's, you know, they invested the $4 in the hat. I mean, how much could those hats cost? They're disgusting hats, right? Kind Mike? Expensive. Yeah. They, they've invested They're 15 to 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Yeah. You get ripped off. Like everything else about Donald Trump, <laughs> it's a scam. It's a $4 hat. They've invested the $20 in their MAGA hat, their Make America Great hat. And, and, and you know, they posted a few things on Twitter. So now they feel they are uh, married to Donald Trump for the rest of their lives. 
and we're never going to change them. And you can interview them and you can say, well, you know, the president this week said uh, somebody committed treason because he wrote a letter critical of the president and that person should be locked up or treason means they should be killed. Right. Uh, I mean, that is a death penalty offense. It's in the Constitution. You know, he, he says the media is the enemy of the people. And they're like, yeah, the, the media is the enemy of the people. We're never going to convince them. Let's stop asking them. Let's stop talking to them. Who cares? They're getting old. There'll be less of them every year from now on. They were old to begin with. As I like to say about Rush Limbaugh's rapidly aging and dying audience. Rapidly shrinking, aging and dying audience. It's the same with the MAGA hat wearers. They're rapidly shrinking, aging, and dying. And there'll be less of them in 2020. The 33% will be 30%, and then it'll be 27% four years after that. Because they're not going to be refilling the MAGA train, America. We're not going to see more and more MAGA people. Not going to happen. Less and less every day. Every day, one of them dies. Or, you know, stops voting. And they're not being replaced by younger MAGA people. You're not seeing a lot of, you know, millennials sporting the MAGA hat. Are you, Mike? You are not. You're not. I don't see a lot of young people, you know. I mean, I guess I should have asked Amanda. You're old man Biddleman. Stop. Amanda left. Old man Biddleman's here to train (laughs) you. I mean, I'm a lot older than you, but nobody thinks of me as the old man, do they? Old man Hans coming in. No. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, you're not, you know, so, you know, every day, somewhere in America, a 90 year old, and, I, and I'm not hoping anybody dies. Don't write me. I, I want everybody to live forever, but you don't. Okay. Especially if you are on the uh, Donald Trump diet of, uh, of uh, McDonald's and KFC six nights a week. And on the seventh night, uh, you go to like an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet or something. I, Olive Garden. Olive Garden. You're, you're shoving breadsticks in your yeah. face. I, there's going to be less of them. They're not making more of them. That's the, this is the point, America. Trump supporters are not growing. The, the dyed-in-the-wool ones, right? I mean, you're going to have people who, you know... Every now and then they look at their 401k and go, oh, I like what's going on here. But you're not getting new MAGA hats. The 33% that will jump in front of a bus for him will be 30% in 2020. And it'll be 27% in 2022. And it'll be 25% by 2024 when we're electing even if he gets reelected, which I don't think he will. We're reelecting when we're electing a new president, a new person, an open seat presidency. Hopefully we live that long in this country. So they're not making more of them. So to CNN and MSNBC who are constantly going out there and interviewing, you know, every MAGA hat wearer, they could say, Oh, why haven't you changed yet? Don't worry about it. That problem will solve itself. Attrition. They're not making more of them. Young people aren't becoming Donald Trump supporters. Talk to them. All right. 
I want to thank everybody for listening. And I want to remind you all to seek the truth. Question everything and question everyone. Even me, America, especially this president, especially your member of Congress. Seek the truth. I know it's out there and I know you'll find it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. Wish our weekdays away, spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves stupid, we work ourselves dead, and all just because that's. Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This podcast was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Joe Tex. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited LLC. I'm Peter Hargarden, the senior producer of podcasts here, and on behalf of everyone who worked on the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHahn.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. 